0: Well, uh, so good to see you all. Uh, do you know what next week is? Easter, right? Pretty crazy. It's uh, it's it's Easter already. Um, we got a whole bunch of things going on this week. I'd love for you to take part in all of them. I, I know that'd be difficult for you to be a part of each and every single one of those. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you can come in. We have this whole area kind of all kind of uh, we're going to be working right after church to get it all set up for you. Um, you can drop in during those times. You can see it on nlc.today under 21. And it's just a self-guided tour, uh, kind of walking through the last hours and uh, of Christ's life and his resurrection as we as we kind of get ready for uh, Easter Sunday. And then on Friday, we're having a Seder dinner. And um, when my, when I say we're having a Seder dinner, I mean you as so many people are are doing it as families in your houses and you and your life groups are having it at at host homes and things like that and uh, we're streaming it into your homes as we guide you through a seder dinner together Um, if you've never done a seder it is essentially this uh, it tells the story it's a 3000 year old story of the israelites being freed from slavery it's one of the oldest Um, celebrations, really, 3,000 years. And um, it's also the same meal that Jesus celebrated with his disciples as the Last Supper. And so if you've never done it, it's actually, quite honestly, ever since I've been doing a celebrating a Christian Seder, uh, I have not received communion the same since. Uh, It will revolutionize the way you receive communion. Um, So if you signed up already online, then we've got a whole, your your bag is right out there with all the different matzahs and the really spicy horseradish, which is the good stuff, and um, participants' guides and all that right out the table in the concourse. Make sure you pick it up. And if you're like, oh no, I wanted to do it, but I didn't sign up, we planned for you. you can still do it, and we have some, some uh, supplies, extra bags, and participants' guides. If you're like, well, we'd still like to do it, but we didn't think, we didn't sign up in time, that kind of stuff. Hopefully, there'll be enough for you, so make sure that you elbow people out of the way to get out there, just like, just like when the, the, the plane lands and everybody stands up and goes nowhere, right? Like, you do that right after service, right on the other side of that wall, and uh, you can be a part of it, as too. And then Friday at 6 p.m., you just go to nlc.today, and there's a link on our 21 page you can click right on it, and it'll stream uh, the kind of guide, as, as I and our church staff guide you through a Seder dinner together, and it's available after that, so you can kind of access it later, pause it, move, whatever you want to do to just be a part of that as well. So, anyway, just want to let you know. Um, all right, so you, most of you, we give away 650 of these bracelets. Um, some of you have one on right now. Some of you are like, oh, I I have it, but it's on my nightstand, or... Um, Maybe, maybe you've been taking the past couple weeks to memorize the scripture that is on here. I gave these out for 21, and uh, more and more people are just asking for that. I, I'm trying to put in another order. Who knows if we'll actually get it in time. But um, we've even given 50 of them to our kids. we got like the little size ones for our kids, and they're memorizing scripture over at our New Life Kids wing. And um, hopefully you've had a moment over the, the past two weeks of keeping scripture literally at hand and, and the opportunity to um to decode the the letters on here and and actually recite scripture um and even memorize it to to a degree so um what i'm going to do this is actually the scripture that i'm going to preach from today and uh, so i'd love if you'd stand with me as we honor the reading of god's word and if you've got a, a bracelet you've got it on then i don't want you to peek at the screens You're going to look down at it, just like me, and we're all going to recite the scripture together. If you're like, oh, I'm just new here. I don't know what you're talking about. Where do I get a bracelet? Um, Then you can look up here on the screens and recite it with us. So no peeking if you have a bracelet. All right, here we go. Starts out like this. Read it with me. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you for uh, so many people that have had your word at hand. um, And as they're doing dishes and typing on a keyboard and dropping kids off, Lord, at uh, soccer practice, they're remembering and reciting your word. I pray that it wouldn't just be words on... Um, a silicone bracelet, but that it would actually be the Word of God that comes and lives on the inside of us. Speak to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thanks. So, I've been I've been doing this for a while now. I've got a couple of these different bracelets that uh, put on have different scriptures, and uh, I keep one on for a week, and I've been wearing this one for the past two weeks. And, you know, I've I think it's a great way to memorize scripture and to remind myself. Um, I think the hardest part of this is the first six words. Let me say them for you. Do not be anxious about anything. Do Do not be anxious about anything. Anxiety, worry, feeling overwhelmed, Anybody felt any of those, those emotions recently, maybe? Past week, past two years, anyone? Anxiety, feeling overwhelmed with the demands of life or whatever, really? Um, I feel like most people that I talk to um, are kind of, have a, at least a low level, low grade boil of anxiety that they're just trying to keep under wraps. Like, just I'm trying to keep this thing together. Even just this past week, I, I often feel like um, Frank Costanza. Do you remember George Costanza's dad um, on, on the show, Seinfeld? He, was, he had this new relaxation technique where he would yell at the top of his lungs, Serenity now! Do you guys remember this? Nobody? Re- yeah, it was pretty good, right? Serenity now! Serenity now! He would just like yell it out, and supposedly that would help. If you just yell serenity now really loud enough, then it would just, you just all of a sudden get calm. I never saw Frank Costanza calm a day in my life, but apparently it it, it worked for him. Um, If if you're kind of wondering if you have anxiety at any level, uh, I wrote down some symptoms. I got these off of Google for you. Um, The first one is mood swings, nothing unusual there. Um, Anger, exhaustion. Anyone feel? Lately. Checking out from conversations, friendships, family, canker sores, uh, I hate those things. Weight gain or weight loss, fight or flight responses, like either you're like hot and I'm just gonna fight someone or you just flee and you don't wanna talk. Insomnia, sleeping. Self medicating, caffeine in the morning, alcohol at night, like keeping. What does that look like for you? High blood pressure, reckless driving, I'm driving a lot of idiots. I get it. IBS, um, headaches. I got a bingo, right? I mean, like there's, we we go down through that list, and it's like, uh, yeah, I can relate to a lot of those, and we don't do ourselves any favor, because it seems like whenever we turn on the news, the television just the television at this point um, or turn on social media and like scroll through a news feed incessantly seems like the only thing that they're serving us is anxiety producing either i'm not i don't have the life that this person does and i wish i did or here's another reason why you should be anxious and worried about something in life growing up in the 90s i used to watch this show you might remember you might remember it if you're as old as me Um, America's Most Wanted. Does anyone remember that? That guy, uh, the host, John Walsh, just hearing his voice makes me anxious. I mean, he is, yeah, I don't even want to think about it. So um, I I knew it was always a bad idea to watch America's Most Wanted um, at night, at home, alone. That was a bad recipe, and it always seemed to happen that I would turn it on, and it was either unsolved mysteries, or it was uh, it was America's Most Wanted. And one time, ind- distinctly, I remember this: I was home alone, of course, watching America's Most Wanted, and there was this episode about a serial murderer that was on the loose, and they needed my help, right? And so, <laughs> look, it—I'm always willing to help. And so I'm—I'm I'm like, okay, and and all of a sudden i'm I'm sitting there, and there was a noise an unexplainable noise that came from my kitchen and I immediately knew what the noise was you, you, it was a serial murderer that I was watching on america's most wanted like i I just knew it logically it could not be any other thing like i just this is uh, this is obviously what what's going on and so I have the thoughts that every single one of us would have, which is like, I, I start rationally processing it, and I think, okay, his last murder was in Georgia, so that would be like a short 16-hour jaunt to my home in upstate New York, and uh, now he's in my kitchen dropping silverware. Like this, and, and you know, you have these thoughts that run through your head. I, I distinctly remember these, like, and now I know too much, right? And he knows I know too much because I'm watching his episode. Do you know? I'm like, why? Why did I turn it on? Because there might have been a chance if he just came in and was dropping silver, I'd be like, oh, I don't know who you are. I don't see you. And then he would just be like, goodbye. Thank you so much, serial murderer. And he would leave and go. But now he knows that I know too much and so now he has no choice but to kill me. And so I'm literally like thinking like I've got so much life to live in front of me. Like I'm 12 and... (laughs) This is not how I thought it was going to end. Right? This is not I thought I was going to go further than this. I haven't even had a girlfriend yet, like but I live in such a quiet, perfect little town, perfect for a serial murderer to work out his evil plan. And so I did what all of you would do. I grabbed the broom. And <laughs> I I did what all of you would do is start turning on lights and yelling at the top of my lungs. Things like, I have a gun and I'm not afraid to use it. A 12 year old boy holding a broom. Um, I distinctly remember saying, I know karate. Cause you gotta say it that way or else they're like, you don't know karate. I know karate. And you say it like that because I watched, I watched Karate Kid like 252 times. I grew up in the 90s. So I'm like, I could do all the stuff, the crane kick, just watch out. And so, like. I'm yelling, I'm like, I've already called the police, they're on their way. And just then, all of a sudden, I hear my cat jump off of the counter and then just walk into the living room from the kitchen. I'm like, oh let me tell you, I dodged a bullet that day. I dodged a bullet that day. Like it could have, it should have, it would have gone horribly wrong, but I was ready for it. So if you ever like wondering like what do you do in those room, yell karate, you'll be good to go. Um, No problem. And we read the scripture like this, right? Do not be anxious about anything. Or in the King James Version, it says, be anxious for nothing. And now, I've got anxiety about the fact that I have anxiety. You know, we have this kind of Christian guilt thing that all of a sudden happens now when we read scriptures where it's like, be anxious for nothing, do not worry. And we're like, oh crap, I'm not good at that too, right? Like, I, I Now I'm anxious because I'm anxious, because I shouldn't be anxious. Now it makes me even more anxious because I shouldn't have the thing that I do have and I wish that I could do that I didn't do, and all of these different things that go through our minds. And it's almost like when I read these things, don't be anxious about anything, you have to think like Paul must have not watched America's Most Wanted. And I kind of feel like he's saying, are you anxious? Just stop. Don't be. And for those of us that are in here this morning, you're probably hearing the same thing. You're like, don't be anxious. Listen, I've been married long enough to know when my wife is anxious, do not look and say, just calm down. It doesn't work. Those of you who are newly married, you, well, you already figured it out. Just, it does not work. So when someone just don't be anxious. Just don't be. Just calm down. Just stop it. Oh, oh, okay, cuz I just wanted to be a nervous wreck all the time, but now I don't have to be. Awesome. Thank you very much. Like there's this thing, this this thing that we that we struggle with and time and time again, we look through God's word and he says things like do not be anxious for anything. Be anxious for nothing. Do not worry, which is completely insensitive to us unless God knows something that we don't. Unless he's trying to communicate something to us because here's the reality Every single one of you has reasons to worry. If you don't don't have reasons, let me give you some. Money, you should be worried about money. Retirement, uh, parenting, that's a hot mess, right? COVID, being in crowds, being alone. Broken relationships, war, rumors of war. COVID, job stress, job loss, marriage, gas prices, housing issues, can't find a place to live. Did I mention COVID? Uh, Driving with idiots, health issues, and of course the TV show America's Most Wanted. These are all reasons to worry. So, so please hear me. Like I'm not dismissive in saying, like, oh, well, you just shouldn't. You just stop. Just, just don't. The reality is, is that reality is the leading cause of anxiety for those that are in touch with it. And the best that our world offers us is simply ways to manage anxiety. And so we look at Google. We look at different experts to tell us ways to manage our anxiety, and there's great ways. There's things like exercise and a better diet and medication, meditation, hormone replacement, all kinds of different things. These are, these are all bad things. They, they help manage anxiety, and they've helped many people get through their days. But the struggle, as I read the Word of God, is that the Bible... The Bible addresses anxiety in a completely different way. Completely different way. Jesus was telling a story about a sower, a farmer sowing seed in Mark chapter four. Let me read it for you. In verse eighteen, it says this. He's talking about the different seed that goes out. And it says, "Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word of God, but the worries." Of this life and I want you to understand when it talks about the worries of this life it's the same word that Paul uses in Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 through 7 where he says do not be anxious about anything that word anxiety and the worries of this life are the same thing look at what it says it says he means some other things it says the worries of this life the deceitfulness of wealth the desire for other things come in and what do they do they choke the word making it unfruitful And so what I want to speak to you today is this. Many times when we read scriptures like this about do not be anxious about anything, don't worry. We think God's being dismissive of our anxiety. But what I'm telling you is that he takes it far serious, far more serious than I think even we do. Jesus takes anxiety very so seriously that he actually treats anxiety. If you read it here in Mark chapter 4, he treats it like an agent of the enemy sent to choke the word of God out in your life and to make you unfruitful. And that sounds harsh. I mean, it sounds like, wow, that's, I mean, that's a pretty significant thing. And I truly believe that Jesus means for it to be startling because he is obviously concerned at what is at stake here. What Jesus is teaching is that anxiety may be common, but it's not normal. That's a truth to wrestle with. What he's saying as as a Christian, he's saying, I understand you have reasons to worry. I understand you have got, you're getting hit from all sides. I understand that anxiety is, it's common. Everyone gets attacked by it, but it is not normal. And what Jesus is teaching is that anxiety does far more than affect us emotionally. And it does. And it does far more than affect us physically. And it does. And it does far more than affect us mentally. It affects us in the most significant way. It affects us spiritually. Jesus is literally saying that anxiety chokes out the word of God in our life. He's saying that anxiety of this, of this life will choke out what the word of God is trying to plant in us. It replaces the Word of God with anxiety. And before we get to, to the scripture here on our bracelets, I want to look just two verses before it in Philippians chapter 4 verse 4. Just two verses before our bracelets. Is, he says an equally offensive thing. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Always? Like always. How does Paul expect us to rejoice in the Lord always? Then he goes a step further and doubles down on it, and he says, I'll say it again. Because I'm like, ah, he doesn't really mean it that way. He says, I'll say it again to you. Rejoice. And this would be easy to dismiss. We could like take verse four, even verses six through seven and be like, I don't know, I didn't really understand or he doesn't know what I've been through. It'd be easy to dismiss the words of Paul if we didn't know that Paul's life had been through the ringer. This guy's been through it. It'd be easy to dismiss with, oh, don't be anxious about anything. You know, do rejoice in the Lord always. When you're Elon Musk, right? And you're just buying Twitter just because. Right? Like, you just kind of like, like oh, I don't know, I just had an extra couple billion laying around. I forget to buy Twitter because I don't like them. You know what I mean? Like, are you kidding me, right? Like, it's really easy when somebody it's like, an overnight success and you're, they're like, oh, just don't be anxious. Just stop. Just don't be. Just stop it. Like, you don't even understand. But you got Paul. So, when you listen to a guy that's been through the ringer, scripture records that Paul had been shipwrecked. These are multiple things that happened to him shipwrecked, beaten. Homeless, whipped, stoned, and left for dead. And at the writing of this letter, as he pens these words, he's in prison. With the probable prospect of being executed. So what Paul is not saying is, don't worry, be happy. Just smile more. Turn that frown upside down. It's not what he's saying. So there's got to be something more to it. Because at first glance, I'm like, are you kidding me, dude? Like, do you not understand what, what the, like the demands of my life? What he does say to us is this, rejoice. And then he says, I'll say it again, rejoice in the Lord. There is this reality as Christians that we have a choice to rejoice. And God never commands us to do something that he doesn't empower us to fulfill. So there's this this reality. And maybe you've tapped into it. Maybe you're tapped into it now. Maybe you remember it in the past. But I'm telling you, there is this power in rejoicing when we choose to rejoice in the Lord, even though you've got reasons to worry, even though you've got anxiety, even though you've got grief, even though you've got all these things that are going on in your life, there is power. There is something that happens when God's people choose to rejoice in the Lord Always. God moves in a different way. There's a power in rejoicing. Let me read it for you. Acts chapter 16, verse 25. Paul and Silas are literally chained to a wall in prison. It's kind of the, the bottom of the barrel. And it says in verse 25 about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. I would call that rejoicing, especially because they're in prison. They're praying and they're singing at midnight to a bunch of prisoners and all they think is they're probably going to die. So they're choosing to rejoice in this moment. And it goes on, it says, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, verse 26, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken and at once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. They made a choice in the middle of all. A horrible situation to rejoice and The power of God brought freedom to not only them But to everyone around them And I wonder as We walk through life When we have the peace of God in the midst of all the reasons to Worry and all the reasons to have anxiety. I wonder it's the very thing that a dying world craves the most. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding. It only comes when we choose to pray and to rejoice. Even for Paul and Silas, look, as we look at Philippians chapter four, it was the prayer and praise that was a pathway to their peace. They found peace in a jail cell through praise and worship. Sometimes we're like, I don't know, it's just kind of song time and I'm not really into music and that kind of stuff. I'm telling you, when we choose to rejoice even in the midst of prison, God moves in power that we could never even imagine. Philippians chapter 4 verse 5 says this, Let your gentleness be, be evident to all. The Lord is near. Someone in here needs to hear this today. The Lord is near. Let me repeat it. The Lord is near. If you're brokenhearted today, he's even nearer than you think because his word says that he's near to the brokenhearted. And you may feel like your life is spinning out of control. I just want you to know you are not alone. The Lord is near. God is with you. He's with you. And when you know that the Lord is near, then you can have peace in the middle of the storm. When you know that the Lord is near, then then anxieties of this world do not dictate your reactions. And when you forget that the Lord is near, you will be in continual reaction to the worries of this world. Continually just, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, did you see, did you read, did you? And the enemy pickpockets your peace. Telling you one of the greatest weapons of your warfare, one of the things that you need to hold on to is the peace of god do not lose your peace do not leave your peace do not drop your peace your peace is the thing that guards your heart and your minds do not forget that the lord is near and then our scripture here says this do not be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your requests to god Essentially, what he's saying, and this is nothing new to you, but it's all the thing we need to be reminded of the most. Be anxious for nothing and pray about everything. What I would encourage you today is in all of the reasons that you have to worry, and you have many, is bring God into your place of worry. I, I, I know this is nothing new to you, and I know that you're like, I, 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 I know this, Pastor Justin, this... There's something that happens when it's not just a, 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 a list of worries that you're just lifting up to God. When you transfer the burden over to God, it moves from a worry list to a prayer list. It moves from like, I got this, I got this, I got this, I got this, to God, you need to take this. Like, I, I, I don't got this anymore. And and it begins to move when you transfer the burden. And until you transfer the burden to God, until you transfer the burden to God, you aren't really praying to God. You're kind of just complaining to him. And I mean that as your pastor in, in as much love and care as possible. I'm just telling you. He says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There is a transfer of the burden that happens through prayer. There is, he says, take mine, take mine on you and I'll take that heavy burden and you lay it on me. When you transfer the burden, it moves from complaining to God to just giving it to him. That heavy yoke that is too heavy for you to bear and saying, God, I don't got this. You need to take it. As we transfer that burden, so I ask you today, like, what are you anxious about? And maybe everybody knows and maybe nobody knows. What was the reason you were up at 2.30 this morning? What are the things that keep you up at night? What is the, what's the tape that plays over and over and over and over and over again in your mind? And again, you know this, but I, I just encourage you, when anxiety begins to attack your heart, fight it with prayer and pray until the peace comes it's kind of a kind of a different way of saying it but i want you to understand that there is something available to you as a christian that you may or may not be tapped into in verse 7 of philippians 4 it says and the peace of god the peace of god which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Back in the day, we used to call it praying through, right? You gotta pray it through. Have you prayed it through, right? Have you, well, I prayed about it, but have you prayed it through, right? It was this kind of terminology. I don't hear many people talk about it much anymore, but like this whole idea of praying something through, what does it mean? It means, have you prayed until the peace comes? And my concern, my fear as an American pastor is that we, we've created a Christianity that has very little stick when it comes to prayer. Well, I came up and somebody prayed for me and it didn't fix my problem, so therefore prayer doesn't work and I don't really want to put much more time and effort into it. But I'm telling you, there's something that happens when a Christian gets on their knees and says, look, there have been seasons in my life, church, where I have literally locked myself into a, a room. and am like, I'm not leaving until I meet with you. I'm not not leaving. And it's taken hours. Like, I don't have time for that. When was the last time you just decided, I'm praying, not until he solves my problem, not until this miracle manifests, not until he does what I want him to do, not until I change his mind. I'm praying until the peace comes. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding that guards my heart and guards my mind. C.S. Lewis wrote, so if you don't like what I say, maybe you'll like what he says. He says, I, I, learned, I learned that prayer isn't about changing God. Prayer is about changing me. So we don't just pray for the problem to be solved, we pray until the peace comes. And you may think like, okay, well, I'm I'm new to this. I don't know if I've ever had this. I I, I can't say, how how will I know when the peace comes? Well, let me tell you, you'll know. If you've ever gone through a season where it feels like the wheels are coming off the bus and man, everything around you is like, and you're praying and all of a sudden God just gives you peace that surpasses understanding, which means you don't understand it, you'll know. And you know that 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 you have it. And nobody needs to convince you of it. Why? Because it's not anything that you've done. And you haven't compartmentalized it or anything like that. It's the peace of God which transcends understanding. Why is this so important? Because in verse 7 it says this, It is the peace of God that will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. God's peace is a weapon. And it's time for the church to start using the weapons of her warfare it's time what what if it's the peace of god that makes people outside of the church say you're weird do you not do you not watch the news do you not, are you not on social media like do you just walk around like no 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 like you should be anxious I don't understand why. What if the peace of God was the light of the world to the darkness that swirls around us? Because I'm telling you, what the world's looking for is peace in the storm. It's the greatest thing that we're after. Paul says in Ephesians 6, he talks about the armor of God. I want to talk about peace in the armor of God. He says, stand firm, then." with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Let me read that for you again, because I want you to understand the weapon of your warfare. Stand firm then, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In other words, God's peace helps you stay grounded and will help you stand your ground. Why do you think that's important? Because when the anxieties of this life hit you, they push you left and right, they push you down, they push you over. And he's like, when you have the peace of God, it helps you stand your ground that no matter what onslaught comes, it does not matter. I have the peace of God and it helps you stand in the midst of a storm. What he's saying is that the peace of God is the antidote to anxiety. And it's not something that you work up. And it's not something that you manage. It's a gift of God. And you get there through prayer. So anxiety will continue to attack you. If you're waiting for anxiety to just stop, good luck. Let me know when that happens, okay? If you're ready for like, oh, just a season, just a season, maybe next season, everything's going to be happy and unicorns and rainbows and I'm never going to have any problems and everyone's going to love me. Maybe that will happen for you. And if it does, get ready because it's coming, right? Like, I mean, what, what happened? if we just stop waiting for God to remove the storm and just said, God, I need peace in the middle of this thing. I'm praying that you remove it. I'm praying we get around it. I'm praying we get through it. But I'm telling you, if you don't come with me, don't send me up from here. I need you in this. The antidote to anxiety. Why don't you stand with me? I struggle as a, as a preacher to, to talk about scriptures like this because I know that every single one of us, including myself, read it through our own lens. Our own lens of our own stuff and our own things and our own anxiety and our worries. And, and so many of us have big stuff that we're facing, big loss that we're hurting from, big grief that just doesn't go away. And the church hasn't helped historically because we've kind of, well, some of us have been taught that anxiety is a sin. Well, like you just stop sinning. Just, just stop it. Don't do it anymore. And sure, does it end up in sin sometimes? Absolutely. Yeah. Out of our own anxiety, we respond to people in relationships and make bad choices and do all these different things to try to like cope with the anxiety that is on the inside of us. But let me just ask you this question. Did Jesus ever sin? Did Jesus have anxiety? (laughs) Yeah, he did. I can think of one time in particular. It was right before um, he was crucified, the night before he went to this garden. It was called the Garden of Gethsemane. You may have heard of it. How was his sleep that night? He didn't. didn't sleep he was up all night what was he doing he was praying to a peace came. And it took the son of man all night long to do it <sighs> Luke chapter 22 let me read it for you this is his prayer father if you're willing Take this cup from me, yet not I, not my will, but yours be done. Then it says, an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. God is near to you. And being in anguish, which would be anxiety and steroids, he says he prayed more earnestly. So the greater the anxiety, the more earnest he prayed and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Other translations say that he literally, sweat drops of blood. Medical professionals say that this is actually a rare phenomenon that can actually happen during circumstances of extreme stress where your capillaries break and you do sweat blood. And then something changes, something shifts. All of a sudden, something radically, 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 radically different occurs. And we see it in verse 45. Catch these first words, because they're, they, they're the basis for everything. It says, when he had rose from prayer, when he had rose from prayer, and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping, he asked them. Get up and pray. So that you will not fall into temptation. It's important, church. That something shifted when he had risen from prayer. He had this peace. He, has a, he had this resoluteness. He had this alertness. He had this focus that that he was that he desperately needed for the the trial that was in front of him, and so do you. And it came through prayer don't miss this he got there through prayer and he prayed until the peace came and so will you so will you and some of you are struggling um, to find peace in your storm and it's big and you've got a lot going on but I want to encourage you that there is something that is available to you as a Christian you may be tapping into it and you may have an ounce of it but I'm telling you the only way to get there is through prayer it's not just about, oh, just don't be anxious about anything. Just put it into a cubby and just ignore it and act like it's not real. No, he says. in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And through prayer, the peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's the beauty of what is available to us as Christians. And so maybe you're here this morning and you're like, you know what, I, 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 I want to know that peace. I've got a storm brewing in my life right now. I want you to know that that peace has a name and his name is Jesus Christ. And if you want to have a relationship with the God of peace, then I want to give you an opportunity to do that today. I remember when I was in ninth grade, I came to this point where I was just like, if this is real, if I can have a relationship with this God of peace, then I want it in my life because I'm not handling it very well. So if you're in this place and you're like, you know what, between you and the Lord, I I desperately need, this peace that transcends understanding in my life, to calm the storm of my life. Why don't you just raise your hand, just between you and God and say, God, I'm, I'm hearing you and I need it and I want it. I don't know how to get it, but if it's available to me, then, then make it real to me. I wanna just encourage you to pray this prayer with me. There's nothing magical about it, it's just literally receiving the grace of Jesus Christ in your life. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, and I am in need of a Savior. And I believe that you sent your one and only Son to live, to die, and to rise again, to give me more and better life. And so today before heaven, I wholeheartedly repent of my sin. Of which they are many and I know I don't deserve it but I receive your peace this new life that you promised me so Lord I pray for each and every single person in here that just prayed that and surrendered themselves to you Lord I pray that you would that you would begin this journey of, of peace the peace of God, which transcends understanding. I pray that even as they walk out these doors, that the transfer of the burden, they just walk lighter. Lord, we thank you for that. If you made that decision today, don't leave this place without just stopping over here in this corner. We've got a Bible and some resources. We'd love to get you started on your journey. And as we enter into this one last song of worship, those of you who are in a place where you're like, Justin, I, I, I'm a Christian. I, I just don't have peace right now. I want to give you an opportunity to pray until the peace comes. I want to give you an opportunity. We have some prayer uh, team that will come up here and, uh, and lay a hand on you and pray the peace of God into that situation, into your heart, into your life that you need to guard your heart and your mind. So if you're in that place where you're like, I, I know that I need some peace right now, I love you. During this last song, you just kind of make your way. You stand right up here along the front and we'll have some of our prayer team come along and just lay hand on you and pray. But just pray until the peace comes. Pray because there's something that is available to us that I truly believe will cause the church to shine in this hour. This should be our greatest hour. So I pray for your peace, Lord, that surpasses all of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can come as you wish.